Hello, my name is Ben. Today, I am joined by Cam Narumanian, and today we shall be deconstructing Dreams by the Cranberries, part by part. This is the Deconstruct Podcast. So as I mentioned, today I am joined by Cam Narumanian, a friend of mine from school. Can you introduce yourself? Hi guys, I'm Cam. I'm a junior at Ithaca College, and I play in a band called Soul From Body. Now, this song that we're going to be discussing today, Dream by the Cranberries, you suggested it to me. Now, what what appeals to you about this song? Like, why are we here mm-hmm. discussing this song? So the main parts of the song that I really like, which we'll get into, is that there's this really great melancholic feel to the song, mm-hmm. as well as I really like the different lines of melody in the voice, and also um, the guitar part's really good. And it's just a great song. Yeah, I I'd agree. I hadn't listened to this song before Cam suggested it to me, and once I heard it, I was instantly in love. Now, I should say for those who are first-time listeners, and to be frank, that is everybody, because this is our first episode. This podcast is designed for people who don't have that much experience listening to music on a part-by-part level, sort of, for people who kind of listen to the music just for the melody and occasionally for the beat. This is hopefully an endeavor to get you listening more deeply to the music that you know and love. Sometimes we're going to have people on the show who are at that level, and sometimes you're going to get people who know what they're talking about, and this is the latter. So, let's dive in to Dreams by the Cranberries. Hi, this is future Ben, here to tell you that past Ben forgot to tell you something that you, the podcast listener, need to do before continuing listening to the podcast. Firstly, pull up this song on your music player of choice, whether it be CDs, Spotify, Wax Record, what have you. And secondly, to take a good, solid one listen through the whole song, trying to pick apart the song in your mind, trying to think, oh, what's the bass doing? What effects are they putting on here? Oh, how does the melody fit into the rest of the song? All of those sorts of questions about how this song was put together and why it was put together and then come back to the show. I'll even give you a few seconds to get that done. Now before you close that tab you had open to listen to the song, this is another future editing Ben here to inform you that we couldn't get the copyright clearance to any of the music. So instead I'm going to need you to supply the music on your end. When you hear this beep... You'll hear a timestamp for you to listen to in the song. Go listen to it, and then when you hear another beep, we'll be back in conversation. Now, back to the show. Zero minutes and zero seconds through zero minutes and five seconds. And right off the bat, we get into a great start. We start with this, um, it's almost like a count-in. But it's not a count-in. You know, there's the studio technique that I used at the beginning of this song. If you want to um, oh, yeah. explain some of them. Yeah. So, like, right at the beginning, in the first second or two, I can't tell if it's a suspended symbol that they're going... Or if they're reversing a symbol crash. But either way, it's a build-up of a symbol somewhat. And then we get right into the groove. And on each of the downbeats, there's a guitar with a little bit of distortion and a little bit of chorus going on top, just indicating that downbeat for the listener. It's 
from what I can tell, it's a mix between a phaser, which is basically that that wah 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 sound. It's basically a guitar filter in a way. And from what I can tell, there's probably some what's called a wah pedal because I guess that the wah 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 wah. Yeah, mm, probably a tiny well, bit. There's there's a difference between a wah in volume and a wah in tone because if you get a wah in tone, if you get a wah pedal, it sounds more like. Whereas a tone pedal goes, okay. And building this from the ground up, the drums are just hammering out, occasionally hitting beats on the off beats, that sort of thing. The bass is doing what um, rock bassists do best, and just going. Actually, in this case, they're going. Important distinction between finger bass and pick bass. This guy's doing oh, yeah. pick bass. Just because it's easier to hammer those sorts of things out, in my opinion. Also, other than those bigger elements, if you go back and listen, you'll notice in the right ear, there's a tambourine going. Right? Mm-hmm. And also, one last thing about this is that there's also a synth going in there just holding out this just this one note where everything else is just hammering out stuff. That synth tone, I think it ties the whole thing together by being long where everything else is short and to the point. So um, I do think it could be a synth, but I think it also could be a guitar just like covered in a reverb. Mm. <sighs> it's possible, but I, could, I do think it also is It could a be synth. a guitar with a big old limiter on it. Who knows, it could be either. We'll leave that up to the listener. And now, we have reached the intro to the verse. Zero minutes and 15 seconds through zero minutes and 20 seconds. With those two hits, and everything else is stripped away. And we are left with one bass, one guitar, one drums. Uh, And Cam, I know you have a few opinions about that guitar line there. Yeah, so I personally think that guitar line is what makes the song. It's what, in my mind, other than the vocal performance, is what gives the song its feel in a way. This ninth of the, well, in the root, it's a fifth. It holds through as a pedal point. It just happens to work in all of the chords that it's going to, so. It works on the one, works on the four on the five and to be fair those are the only chords that are used for those of you who haven't had that much experience with music theory chord structure in european based music there's always tension and release from the chord structure so in this specific example the one chord the tonic the home key that's has the least amount of tension and then going away to the four chord ooh, there's a bit of there's a bit of tension here, then to the five chord, we're coming back home, and coming back to the one chord. And for the beginning, and for most of the verses, that's all of the chord structure that's going on. This guitar line really keeps the whole thing running together, and even though there is a bit of tension, there's also somewhat... Resolution. Yeah, which it kind of pulls at itself. It, 
And I think that's what the melancholy feeling yep. is. They explain it in a lot less words than I would have used. <laughs> yeah, but I feel like I still used way too many <laughs> words. But it's fine. They know what's going on yeah. now. One more thing about that guitar line is that there's also an effect called, well, depending on who you ask, it's either called flanging or chorus. Guitarists prefer chorus, but it's the same effect either way. And if I was just to play with a, a straight tone, you'll notice that it's just one tone, but then if I was to put the flanger, that's the technical term, even though it's ridiculous, you'll notice that it sounds like there's two guitars going at the same time. And basically how that's done is that you slow down and you speed up the original signal ever so slightly so that it goes in and out of phase with itself to make it sound like there's two things going on at the same time. And just to make it so that it doesn't sound completely like garbage. Because you can hear that. You can hear that flange going on. There's a little bit of reverb put on so that the flange isn't as obnoxious. Also going on here, drum and bass. The drums just... Keeping a steady beat. It's just the kick drum going. Doom, 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 just banging out those quarters. And the tambourine is doing the same. The bass is going down from... Down to... And that's all building up to the verse. Zero minutes and 33 seconds through zero minutes and 45 seconds. You may have noticed on that last verse, there was a bit of a just to accent the vocal line a little bit and just to indicate that we're coming to the end or the start of the phrase. Also, that guitar hit. Care to explain what's going on there? That guitar on the downbeat before oh, right. she comes in. So with that swell that we were talking about earlier, they basically they've kept the swell in from the beginning, but they got rid of the giant guitar distorted sound. Yeah. And it's still keeping that LFO going. In a way, you're really expecting to hear the giant guitar sound, but they trick you into it. And they do it a few more times in the song. Yeah, and we'll get, we'll get to that. Line, yeah. Zero minutes and 46 seconds through one minute and two seconds. And there's a harmony line going on underneath the main melody line that we've had before. Not that much going on with that second line, is there? There's not that much, but it does still add something. It's not like it's in there just to be there. It's in there because it helps fill the sound a little bit. Because you have the bass and drums, which is holding down the groove. And you just have the guitar that's holding out the chords for the verse. So it really helps fill the sound. Yeah, it definitely does that rounding out. There was something that you might have missed in all of our talks about the big stuff, but let's go back and see if you can hear it. It's gonna be not in either channel, just as a bit of a peek. The same timestamp. You might have heard it right at the beginning, but there was a guitar doing a thing. <laughs> that thing <laughs> is basically, it's going from one ear to another, if you're listening in headphones. If you're listening out of a speaker, it's going to come out the same way. In theory, you can get the same effect by if you're listening, listening in mono. If you're listening to mono, then this isn't 1965 
we've moved on, people. <laughs> That's also true. But um, basically, what the, the Kassar sound is doing is that it's starting in your left ear, and then it's going up through the center, and then ending in your right, or going right to left. Yeah, just to give the sound a little bit more depth in the audio space, because when you're producing music, you need to make sure that each instrument has its own space. That's usually what you want to do, unless if you're going for a different vibe. But this vibe, you want to hear everything. And so having that distinction in the pans gives it a bit more depth. Now we move on to the second half of the verse. One minute and two seconds through one minute and 16 seconds. New melody line. Not that much going on in the melody line. They're mostly holding out on one note. They're dipping occasionally until... Because it came from you. That's the most that happens in the melody line, but still, it's a great melody line. Yeah, of course. The main melody in the vocal, obviously it's like the high point of what he's supposed to focus on in the verse, but then there's also double track vocals, which are a little bit lower in register. And... You know more about that than I do, so I'll let you talk about that. Yeah, I mean, you covered the basics. I'm just saying that, as opposed to the melody that we had before, there's less leaps and jumps where... there There's quite a few jumps in there, but then... Each line is hovering around the same focal point. It's not jumping around as much. I think in this case, it's a bit more effective to be grounded into one note. Just to have the repetition of it drill into your brain and to make you latch on to all of the buildup even more. One minute and 16 seconds through one minute and 31 seconds. And we're back to the form that we started out with, eh? Yes, back to the form from the intro. The giant guitars. The steady bass, yeah. well, steady bass and drums, which have stayed the same for the most part. There's probably been a few different embellishments. Yeah, the bass has been just hammering out those doo -doo 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 notes for the longest time, but then the drums have been doing that sort of thing throughout the whole thing. Yeah. And then... One minute and 31 seconds through one minute and 45 seconds. Something completely different. Yeah, so different that they changed the keys, yes. put no words on it, Yes. and it's her just singing different pitches. I'm going to let you talk about that because you know more about that than I do. All right. Technically, it is yodeling because yodeling is transitioning between that chesty lower register in your voice and that upper higher register in your voice that I can't do because it's nine o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Everybody has it to some extent, but people who yodel have much more control over the transition between the two without going into what's called the mixed voice, which is a combination of the two. It doesn't have to be the yodeling, like... Just go look up Franz along, or look up pretty much any video of a guy yodeling when somebody gets kicked square in the balls. It's the same thing, really. Far and away, I think, the best yodeler in the world. But this, you can tell in those transitions. It's the same idea, technically. 
and everything else is being stripped back. The one thing I want to point out, just from hearing that part again, there's a lot of jumps in her range, and specifically this chorus, breakdown, bridge, whatever you want to call it. It's apparent in the voices, but for some reason, it just sounds even more apparent now when you strip back the words and you're just listening to her singing different notes. Yeah, because you're not focusing on the lyrics. Yeah, exactly. We've stripped away the bass hitting out. They're just going. And the guitars are also doing. And the thing that's keeping the rhythmic momentum is the drums. The drums are definitely keeping me interest with all their fills and whatnot. Yeah, that and also from what I heard, there's a little bit of bass fill in there too. It's it's sort of in the background. Yeah, they're doing a that sort of thing. It's yes, accent on the third. It complements the drum part. Yeah, exactly. So far, we've been working with just those three chords so far, but now we get into. For those, even with a very basic idea of music theory, you may be wondering, why are we going here? These chords are not related to this chord in any way, shape, or form. Of all of the normal chords that you might... This is not one of them. It's completely out of left field, but we'll get into why that makes sense in a hot minute. And even with this sort of ultra tension that we have here, you're adding a bit more tension by going to this this fourth chord here. Yeah. And one last thing, tying this all together again is a pedal point, which is definitely a synth this time. Yeah, it's 100%. that's 100% a synth, yeah. Yeah. And then once we've done this... One minute and 44 seconds through one minute and 47 seconds. Back into the... We have built... We have built back into the original home key. There are three sensible ways to do this. You could go directly from... Oh, yeah. From the four chord into the three chord, and... It's not really sensible. Letting the voice leading do all of the heavy lifting. Now, in theory, this could work. If you don't know who Jacob Collier is, go look him up because he is a music theory god. But his one of his mantras that he has is that you can go from any chord to any chord as long as the voice leading makes sense. However, that's not quite the sound that we want here. But you could also go... You could go round the circle of fifths, but... That is way too time intensive and not dramatic enough. Janky. Yeah. But then there is another voice leading option, which is to use a transitionary flat seven chord. And everything is moving up by whole step. So everything sounds like it's together. And even then, this sort of rising action, it does create a bit of tension in of itself. And then once we get to that high point of the tension, I, I think this is also why it's so effective, is when it hits that tension at the very top, you realize we're, we're back home, but we're also further away from home than we've been. 
it's a bit odd, but then you settle back into this sort of home key, and we're back into the verse. One minute and 47 seconds through two minutes and one second. I want to mention that that on that last measure, just a bit more brought out this time, just to make it a little bit more different. There's one thing I do want to mention. So what usually happens in 90s music more that you see that there's a lot of synth in the background just to help fill sound. And I think having that throughout this entire song, it's a great way to also help the transition from the chorus back to the verse. Because there's probably a lot of settled things that makes it more appealing to the ear on top of using the leading tones and using the sevenths of the chords to go back. I think that's why they're able to do it so effectively. Also on top of all that music theory stuff, of course, which is very important. Yeah, there is a lot to be said for the production easing the transitions. Yeah. So other than that little thing, the verses... The same. Other than the lyrics, they're basically the same. But while we're here on the second verse, I want to address Dolores O'Riordan's vocals because they are very influenced by her Irish accent. And you may listen to this and understand that this is an Irish accent, but can you pick out the elements that actually make it sound like an Irish accent? These are the exact sort of questions that we're going through in diction class because I am studying to be a singer and if you want to be a classical singer you have to pay very specific attention to the sounds that you are making. There is a lot to be said for the way she is pronouncing her vowels here. I think that's what gives it the Irish flair. So let's go through a few examples real quick. Two minutes and 16 seconds through two minutes and 46 seconds, and this one is going to need a bit of skipping around in that section. Open. It's starting from a more neutral position than there would be in American English, as opposed to O. It's starting a bit more in the back of the throat in American English, where Irish English starts more towards the middle of the mouth, so O, openly. Heart. A lot of singers, even American singers, will tend to omit that R and instead going for hot. I overemphasized that, but in her accent, she uses the R's a lot more. And we're going to see that a bit more as we look at the next few examples. Hurt, as opposed to hurt in American English, we would treat the U and the R as one vowel. It's and uh, with a bit of R coloring, her, that's one vowel. She's pronouncing it as two vowels here. Hurt. Amazing and mind. They both start a little bit more back in the throat as opposed to American mind. She starts mind. One last thing, understanding as opposed to understanding. It's a little subtle, but you notice it, and all of those are what gives this Irish flair. And as much as we wax poetic about the sounds that guitars make, I think it's just as important to analyze the way that singers sing, because there is a bit more emotional connection there, because they are singing the lyrics. And not only that, 
usually the vocal delivery gives a better idea of their heritage. For the most part, it makes it, it's more obvious. Like, yeah, there's certain way guitarists play in different parts of the world and basses and drums, but vocals is the most apparent. It's the one people are going to identify with the most. Right, which is why I'm going to spend the next year of my life learning about how to sound like everybody else. <laughs> so, we've waxed poetic about vocals for long enough, but let's get back into the meat and potatoes. Two minutes and 44 seconds through two minutes and 47 seconds. And we build to nothing. I think that's one of the more effective things that happens in this song as well. Yeah, um, at least another thing I want to point out lyrically is the same line as the first verse. I think it's an effective way to show that, oh, we've traveled all this, and then we're just right back to the beginning in a way. It's sort of sort of like come full circle. Yeah. And it once again comes full circle in the production and the arrangement yeah. because we are back to the quiet moment that we had at the start of the verse. And even here, it's even more stripped back where the yeah. original chorus had on the tambourine. It's just going one, two, three. So there's even less going on here. But as we progress... Three minutes and one second through three minutes and 16 seconds. We come back to the original form. I want to mention about that vocal line real quick. The alto line, the lower line, doesn't go, never quite as it seems. Really important distinction, I think, but also really subtle. It's never quite, as opposed to never quite just to give a little bit of difference to make that emphasis on never quite as it seems. But then we get back to the starting form. Three minutes and 16 seconds through three minutes and 31 seconds. And here, what are we noticing in the right ear? To me, it sounds on a bass level all the same, except for the fact there's a little bit of guitar with a tiny bit of just fills here and there. And I believe the guitar has a little bit of chorus on it as well. Yeah, and also in the right ear going... I'm wondering if it's an effect that they put on top of it or if the guitarist really is going... And they're making it delay in post and they're adding a bit of reverb on top of it. Probably an effect. I do think it's probably also that they added delay in post and add mm. you needed a lot of effects in order for him to be doing like 32nd notes or 16th notes that fast and that in time mm. that's why i think it's an effect yeah that makes sense i mean technically both are possible but yeah, yeah both are possible yours your sounds more practical i think yeah. i wouldn't be surprised if they did it both ways but they probably they might have yeah but who knows you never know Three minutes and 31 seconds through three minutes and 45 seconds. And now we get this other vocal line, this 
what do you think it reminds you of, Cam? Because I think it reminds me of something else in this song. So it's reminding me of the part in the bridges part where the chords change from G to C. But it's just reminding me of doing that again in the home key. Hmm. That's what it reminds me of. That's interesting. For me, it reminded me of the first part of the verse. I'll sing over top. So what I was planning to do won't work without the music being in there. So spoiler alert, this yodeling melody very closely mirrors the first phrase in the verse. But don't take my word for it. I invite you to sing the verse's melody over this yodel section to see for yourself. You know, the one that goes da da da. Try it out for yourself. Oh, it's probably her echoing herself in a way. Yeah. Echoing being a song. Using a motif that we've already used and embellishing on it. It's the basis of jazz, but it can be used effectively elsewhere. Three minutes and 45 seconds through four minutes and one second. In the left ear, there's another vocal line. To be fair, there is a little bit of flanging, but is it just me or can you hear an octave above what she's singing popping out just a little bit? Yeah, I can hear it a tiny bit in the background. I think it might be that she's saying it again an octave up higher and it's like somewhere below all of the um, background vocal that we already hear. Mm. Um, again, probably just to the sound that is definitely a possibility but there's also a slightly more interesting possibility and once we get to the end we'll see which one of us are right i think that they're use a lot utilizing what's called the harmonic series for those of you who don't know what the harmonic series is it's the way that tones sound different from one another because for example my middle c ah sounds different from on a electric keyboard even though they're the same note and that's because there's all of suffice to say from every note there emits all of these upper tones that ring out in resonance because they're multiples of the original frequency so you have all of these other tones going on on top and what i think she's doing is bringing out the second harmonic in that series both are possible i think but let's take a listen four minutes and one second to the end of the track so we have come to the end and everything else has stopped except for the vocal line mostly everything else rings out but take another listen to that singer in the left ear was there two lines there or just one i'm pretty sure it's probably two people saying two different lines personally because it sounds obviously they sound different but from what i can tell is like it sounds like they're different notes too i can see both happening uh, but i think we'll leave it up to the listener to decide just before we end off, just before we end off, there was also, I don't know, straight woodblock things going on, bass notes going on, freaking wind chimes. Like, what, like, 
I get that on radio you'd never hear this stuff because they'd pull it down as soon as that last chord hit. But why? I don't understand why you would do that. So usually how most 90s groups operated, basically they just used whatever they had at the end. It's like, sure, why not? Let's put this at the end. Let's put that at the end. They're like, screw it. It's the end of the song. Right. That's that's the only thing I can think. I think you'd be about right. Because there's there's so many 90s songs that just end with the weirdest settings. Yeah. So now we have come to the end of the song. Mm-hmm. We have gone through this whole track bit by bit. I doubt there is more than 1% that we've left out. Now that we've gone through this, I hope everybody who's listening to this goes back through the whole song one time and tries to pick out all of those little elements. And then hopefully you can take that knowledge that you've learned here about how to take apart songs and apply it elsewhere, which is the whole point of this podcast. So this has been the Deconstruct Podcast. Past Ben, you absolute dunce! You forgot to do the one most important thing of the entire show, and that's cross-promotion with our guest. So, Cam, is there anything that you'd like to plug? All right, before we go, Ben, I want to say thank you again for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity uh, to sit and talk about dreams, or any music for that matter. If you want to hear more from me, be sure to check out my band, Soul From Body. We just released our debut album, Escape the World, and it's available on all the streaming services that you subscribe to. Also, be sure to check out my own soul music, The Trinity Project, also available on all music sources you subscribe to. Again, thanks, Ben. Appreciate it. Thanks, Cam. Um, We'll put links to all of those in the show notes as well as links to my own projects. Now back to your regularly scheduled outro. This has been the Deconstruct Podcast. I have been Ben. I'm Cam. We will be signing off. See you next time.